This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. Hi, and welcome to Green Talk, a podcast series from GreenLivingIdeas.com. Green Talk helps listeners in their efforts to lead more eco-friendly lifestyles through interviews with top vendors, authors, and experts from around the world. We discuss the critical issues facing the global environment today, as well as the technologies, products, and practices that you can employ to go greener in every area of your life. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening in today on Green Living Ideas, Green Talk Radio. As always, this is Sean Daly, Editor-in-Chief of GreenLivingIdeas.com and your host. And today I am happy to welcome to the show Mike Lockery, who is the Communications Manager for Certainty Corporation. Mike, how are you doing today? Excellent, Sean. How about yourself? I'm doing great. It's good to talk to you again. Absolutely. You and I spoke on our sister website's podcast series, Industry Talk, uh, which is BuilderCommunity.com. And so for anybody who's listening in today on this show, I definitely would direct you to listen to that podcast as well. It's uh, easily findable in the industry talk section under uh, buildercommunity.com. Um, I, and to, you know, this, the audience here, Mike, on this show is and on this website are people that are looking to, to live and, in this case, uh, build or remodel their homes in a more green fashion. And so I think what we want to talk with you today about is what does that mean in regards to your corner of the world? Uh, and, uh, you know, just kind of give us some information about, uh, you know, how, what, from your viewpoint, how people can build and live more sustainably. So maybe we just start with a quick overview of, you know, CertainTeed, uh, the, the products that you guys make. Well, CertainTeed is, is a company that's a little over 100 years old, uh, founded in East St. Louis, Illinois, as a roofing company. And t- today we, we're pretty comprehensive. We make uh, asphalt roofing shingles. Uh, vinyl and fiber cement siding products, uh, trim products, insulation, windows, uh, vinyl windows, uh, drywall, uh, ceiling tiles, uh, PVC pipe foundations. Uh, we make everything but kitchen sinks, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. But, uh, yeah, we, we try to be pretty comprehensive, kind of a one-stop shop for, for builders and contractors and consumers. Yeah. Now, with that broad of an array of products, I imagine that every, every single one of those product lines has different issues with regards to environmental sustainability and, and reuse. So maybe we can kind of, uh, and I know this, is, this must be a challenge for you in <laughs> managing all these different product lines, but what, uh, what, you know, you pick anyone to start with. Maybe we start with, uh, I don't know, insulation, for example. Um, you know, what is CertainTeed's angle on insulation and being green in insulation, or do you guys consider yourselves green in that area? Absolutely, and it, it, if I can just back up just a little bit, sure. Sean, it, it, what's interesting about um, the green movement is in, in for probably about the last six months, we as a company have had a very aggressive effort internally to really define what green means. And if you if you talk to a lot of people, green means many things to many people. And uh, what we've uncovered is that we're a lot greener than we thought we were in terms of uh, manufacturing processes and things like being environmentally responsible at our manufacturing sites, um, to recycle content that's used in our products, to uh, what happens after the product is installed. Is there any environmental benefit to that? To what happens when it's landfilled? I mean, so there are a lot of different areas um, that we looked at, and we found out, you know, there's, we, we do a lot of good things, but we could do a lot more mm-hmm. uh, to, be, to be responsible. 
Um, when you talk about insulation, I think just by, in its nature, um, insulation is a, an energy-saving product in terms of keeping homes warmer in the winter, cooler in the summer. Ultimately, the homeowner using less energy to heat or cool the home. I think it's probably the number one benefit. If you look at what makes up insulation, it's, it's made uh, re- with recycled content, uh, recycled glass and cullet. Um, if you look at the, the new innovations within insulation, um, I think we're, we as a company are lucky enough to uh, have cornered the market on one of the true innovations in insulation, uh, and that is insulation as a moisture management product. Now, most people, when they think of insulation, moisture management is the farthest thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it doesn't equate. Mm-hmm. Uh, insulation is a, an acoustical product, and it's a thermal product. Yeah, it really it really does a lot of things in in, in one. It's the, and are you talking more about like the sort of like a house wrap type of? Uh, no, actually, actually, I'm talking about a product we have called Dry Right, and it, it's it's basic standard fiberglass insulation bats that you put in the wall, uh, it's yellow, and instead of being faced with like traditional craft paper, uh, which a lot of insulation is, it's faced with what looks like plastic, clear plastic. Mm-hmm. And when, in fact, what it is, it's, it's, it's a product called membrane, um, which is a smart vapor retarder, which and it can, I can get really complicated here, and I'll, I'll, I'll try to keep it pretty simple and basic, is that when moisture gets into the wall cavity, either through from the exterior, through maybe wind-driven rain or something like that, or moisture comes into the wall cavity through a lot of humidity in the home from a lot of showers or, or washing machines or things like that, Historically, moisture gets trapped in the wall cavity, and it can, it can lead to the growth of mold. And we all know mold is a big hot button with builders, and there's been a lot of litigation and things like that. Mold ultimately can cause respiratory issues mm-hmm. with the homeowner. Yeah, in and fact, that's, we, that's, that's an indoor air quality issue. It is. In fact, it's just funny that you mentioned that. I, I just want to jump in and sorry to interrupt, but uh, we just had somebody on the show, Deborah Lynn Dad, who's a famous uh, green uh, remodeling uh, author and blogger, and she was talking about her experience with, with mold in the home. And it was, I mean, it was a, quite a story. I mean, it, it really changed the course of her life, actually, in terms of how sick she got. So, I mean, it, it, it's amazing to see, to see the stories, and she's, she's one of many. Uh, out there, and what the product tries to address is that it basically keeps moisture out of the wall cavity. If it gets in the wall cavity, it helps extricate extricate it out of the wall cavity. Really, wall it can actually dry. wick it, really wick it out. Yeah, if, if and I'm not talking. You know, some people say, well, this would be good. This would have been good for New Orleans with all the floods and that that with the hurricanes and that. It's if the insulation is soaked from flooding, nothing's going to help. <laughs> right. If if th- we're talking about we're talking about you know, just moisture from the air. We're talking about wind-driven rain that might lead to a buildup of a moisture buildup in the wall cavity. Right. If let's say the 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 moisture is coming from the outside and the wall cavity has some dampness in it, the the membrane or this it's really what it is it's a nylon facing. Uh, it changes its permeability. It senses that there's moisture in the wall cavity. The pores open up. The molecular pores open up and allow the moisture to come into the home where hopefully an air conditioning or heating system would dissipate the humid, that moisture. Conversely, in the wintertime, in, in a lot of parts of the country, where, the humidi- where relative humidity outside is low, but your moisture content inside the home is high, let's say from a lot of steamy showers and dishes and dishwashers and things like that, sure. the, the pores close and prevent the moisture from all that humidity from entering the wall cavity. 
Now, is this so, a common feature, uh, or is this something that is sort of exclusive to what you guys are producing? This is, a, this is exclusive to certainty. Um, the, the technology was developed, the, the, the facing technology was developed in Germany. Um, and our parent company, which is based out of Paris, kind of has the world patent rights to this facing. And in Europe, it's used as purely a, a vapor retarder. It's on a big sheet, a big roll, and you just unroll it and you staple it to the walls over unfaced insulation. In the United States, we've actually attached this membrane to the insulation. So an installer, all they have to do is unwrap, take it out of the package and put it in the wall cavity, and you've got insulation faced with this membrane product, uh, and you're good to go. Hmm. So it's like a kind of a greatest hits hybrid uh, of different uh, technologies that are sort of complementary to each other. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Ah, very cool. And it's responding to, it's responding to a, um, a big need in the marketplace. Yeah. Well, that's great. Well, it's amazing. How, I mean, what, what amazes me when I, when I hear this uh, is just how many issues that go into just one component of a home. Uh, if you look at, you know, first you have to look at the, the materials that are used uh, from a healthy home standpoint as well as an environmental sustainability standpoint. And then you have to look at the, the properties. Of what, you know, when we talk about green, I mean, obviously that's just a, you know, a very generic term. What does that really mean? You know, and it, it has to do with the thermal properties of obviously you know, energy efficiency is very green. In fact, it's one of the most green things you can do. Yeah. So we have that. But then we also have these issues, which I appreciate, appreciate you bringing up because certainly you know, healthy lifestyles go along with uh, you know, living green. I mean, don't just you – know, I don't think – we don't want to just make the planet healthy. I think we want to make ourselves healthy in lockstep with that. Correct. So these are Absolutely. all important issues. Absolutely. Well, m- moving on to a different area, uh, why don't we talk a little bit about um, other areas of the home and building, and it, just, for example, maybe with, um, uh, ro- I guess, roofing and siding would probably be a good one to, to go into. I know you and I spoke about that on the previous podcast. I remember you mentioning something about uh, a shingling product and that and there was an, uh, sort of a cradle to cradle aspect, which is this you know this buzzword about really reuse and taking something through its product life cycle and then finding another use for it, whether it's within the same product category or even completely different industries. And I, I remember specifically you talking about something about reusing um, the shingling product for asphalt and road paving. Could, could you talk a little bit about that? Right. When when you when you talk about asphalt shingles and and. When we talk about green and sustainability, asphalt shingles are probably a little more difficult than some of our other products in terms of trying to find the, the, the quote, green aspects of. But, but in terms of shingles, we found that particularly in, in manufacturing the product, let's say um, a mistake is made or something happens where the product, we can't sell the product. That's no good. Mm-hmm. Two choices. You can throw it in a landfill. Or what we've, what we've discovered is a great use for it, and that is chopping it up and, or giving it to, to local transportation departments, having them chop it up and use it in, in asphalt road paving, which is, which is growing in popularity. Now, obviously, we're hoping that we don't make too much bad product to contribute to that. <laughs> sure, right. But what happens is, is that it, it actually is a, it's a great way to save on filling up landfills with asphalt shingles. When, when the product is ripped off a roof, um, it's a little more challenging, and that's something that's been bandied about in the roofing industry for quite a few years as to how do you take shingles that are torn off a roof and thrown into a big dumpster, how do you take those and recycle those and use them for the same process in road paving or something like that? It's a little more challenging because when shingles are ripped off a roof, there are nails in them. And when you're chopping up shingles, you can't have the nails in there. And yeah. So yeah. It's been a little bit of a challenge for the roofing industry to come up with a machine that can do the separation. 
Um, and so I know that that's being worked on, but it's, it's a bit of a challenge. Um, I think probably the next wave um, in the shingle world in terms of um, green and sustainability is solar reflectivity. And we, we currently, in, in our commercial roofing product line, which is the flat roofing for uh, buildings and things, have come up with um, a flat roofing product that has granules that are cut in such a way that they, that they have a greater degree of sun reflectance so that the roof is not absorbing as much of the heat of the sun and thus driving up the energy bills. Right. Um, these granules actually reflect the sun away. There are certain coatings you can use on the roof which have a greater degree of reflectance so that, so that the roof is actually, we call it cool roofing. Right. So we're, now we're talking about, now what I'm wondering is that makes sense in the summertime. What about in the winter? Is that a negative thing then in the winter? Um, well, right now it's really only taking off in California. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> uh, California, you, California is leading, leading the way in, in this. Um, it, I think it's primarily a summertime issue. Yeah, because um, I, I can appreciate it because I'm sitting in California right now on a very hot day as I'm recording this with you. So, <laughs> you know, hey, it sounds really good. I don't know, maybe in January I wouldn't feel the same way, but, you know, it, I, it makes a lot of sense. I uh, think also, I think the city of Chicago and some of the larger cities um, are also g- getting more interested in the reflectant roof because of the heat the heat generated by a city in the summertime. Mm-hmm. And this is one way to keep, to, to lower the, the ambient temperature. Okay, yeah, that um, makes a lot of sense. And then the move, the next wave will be to shingles, asphalt shingles. Um, that still is kind of in the works and is kind of in development um, throughout the industry. Um, but you will, you will hopefully in the, in the future see asphalt shingles for steep slope roofs uh, that have the same type of properties okay. uh, to reflect for the sun reflectance. Moving on to drywall, we talked about drywall in the last podcast as well, and one of the things I was fascinated to find out about was the fact that there's all these byproducts of, I guess, the electricity generation process that they get basically can be reused in, for example, in the drywall uh, drywall products. And I think you had mentioned um, both uh, gypsum and fly ash as being uh, byproducts of that. Is that correct? Yes, um, and and actually, fly ash is a product that's used in our fiber cement, in fiber which cement, maybe okay. we can talk about in a minute. But when it comes to gypsum, and, and it's a, it's not something that that we do widely right now. We're as we build new plants, what we're doing is we're partnering with local electric companies who have gypsum as the byproduct of their, I think it's their coal burning process, if I'm not mistaken. Um, this this gypsum, the synthetic gypsum that's made, that's made, it's a byproduct of the of their production process. It would just go in a landfill. So what we're doing is we are building plants specifically located near these electricity these electric companies where they're producing this, so that we can literally build a, a conveyor from their property to ours and convey the the gypsum over, and we make drywall with that. Okay. So there's. So we save tremendously on land. They save tremendously on landfill, and we get a valuable uh, resource at a at a really pretty economical price. Sure, sure. Um, a lot of gypsum, though, is still mined. Um, there's a lot of mining that's done where we get gypsum, like in uh, Western United States and all. Um, but more and more, we're finding that these electric companies have these great sources for this, and that's we're we're picking locations for plants based on where these electric companies are. Currently, building a plant in uh, Moundsville, West Virginia, where we're partnering with. Uh, 
the local electric company to do just that, and the conveyor literally goes across the highway. Wow. Okay, so I was, I was just going to ask if you guys are really strongly partnering with these companies. That, ask, that answers the question. Though. Right, and we have another plant that's in the planning stages in Virginia, uh, which will do the same thing, have a, literally have a conveyor from the electric company over to our plant. And it will just be a continuous stream of gypsum. Yeah. See that? Now that's the kind of innovation I mean, I like to see that. And it doesn't, you know, it doesn't bother me that at all. And I don't think it will bother most people that it also makes business sense because it, you know there are so many opportunities where these things that help environmental sustainability also do make business sense. I mean, putting you know from putting solar or wind power in your house to spin your dial backwards to you know companies. Um, you know, putting sod or green roofs on, on their buildings to lower their energy bills or, you know, things like incorporating, uh, you know, the byproducts of one company's process into the other companies. I mean, it just makes sense all around, so. Right, and, and the, what, the interesting thing is that the paper facing used on the gypsum board is 100% post-consumer recycle content. Mm-hmm. So we're, ta- we're recycling paper uh, to put the facing on the drywall. We're using a byproduct and saving someone else the trouble of filling up a landfill, and then when the product's life cycle is over, and let's say they, they tear a house down or something, that drywall can be recycled and made into drywall again. Yeah. So there, so in, in that sense, it's extremely valuable as well. Yeah, that's great. Well, I, I commend you guys for doing all these things, and, and I particularly, in light of the fact that I noticed that you don't really go out of your way to promote, like, hey, we're green. You don't do the Me Too. You know, it's not plastered all over your website and your materials. And um you know, I, I think I, I have a lot more respect for a company that's just sort of silently doing it and has been doing it, rather than just doing it for marketing purposes. Well, I think I think the uh, thank you for that. I think partly is because we we're taking a very careful approach to it. We don't want to be we don't want to claim green just to be green. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we like to like in, in oper- with opportunities like this to point out. Um, that we are doing things that are responsible for the environment, that we are creating products that use recycled materials, and we're, we are doing the right things, but we, we're, we've never been one to really pat ourselves on the back. We, we just want to do the right thing and make sure that when we talk about it, it really is real, yeah. and that we're just not you know, saying we're green just because we want to be like everybody else. Sure. Well, then those are the types of companies that we want to bring to the attention of our audience. Uh, and I think, you know, I think if you go out there and you really do real things, uh, people, people will notice. I like to believe that people will notice and come and, and draw that attention to you. So. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, good. Well, is there, so any, anything else coming up in the future you'd like to share with our listeners today? For certainty or in the industry in general? I think, I think, um, more and more, we're going to be doing, we will as a company, and I think a lot of people, consumers, et cetera, will, will try to do the right thing environmentally. And I think, I think it's just nice. I, I saw an interview with Al Gore last night, coincidentally, mm-hmm. um, and he was talking about, uh, about the environment. And the, I think the more we talk about it, the more we all realize that it's the right thing to do to be responsible and to be, to be green and to do the things that are right to help save energy, to, quote, save the planet, so to speak. Um, but when you hear some of the statistics about global warming and things like that, and it, it's a little concerning. And you think, you think you really want to do the right thing and try to, even little things like incorporating recycled content and taking, taking byproduct from somebody else and making a product, if everybody does a little bit and does their part, um, we can really make we can really make a difference, and we still have great products, and they're great looking products, and they're easy to use, and 
um, we we all win in the end. I totally 100% agree with you, and I think uh, two two points on that. One is that it is important that everybody does a little bit because you know that has a lot of power. But there's also the factor of there's this in, in psychology they have this issue called this, the uh, consistency principle. And a guy named Robert Cialdini wrote a great book about it, and it included that in it. And it talks about how people are more likely to do the same things they're already doing. And so if we can get people doing even little things, they'll tend to be consistent with that and start to do more. So that's, it's kind of like a, you know, a steamroller effect or a, or a snowball effect, I should say. Right. I mean, even, even in, my, in my own home and where I live, um, the, the legislature has passed. I live in Delaware. Mm-hmm. And the legislature is passing a law that you're not allowed to put yard waste out. Um, in the trash anymore because they're, it's filling up the landfills and they can't afford to keep putting that in. And they're and yes, they're forcing everybody to come up with alternatives. I bought a recycling mower because I couldn't put my grass out anymore. Some people have there are places where you can take it and have it mulched and and they create other type of yard materials, you know, mulch and things like that. Yeah, it forces you. But then you but then you start thinking. And then my wife's like, well, why aren't we? saving aluminum cans and why aren't we doing this mm-hmm. and it just gets start it just gets you to start thinking about all the little things and how easy it is to do those things yeah it really isn't a big deal yeah no it's true and i think that's it is just just gets people to start thinking you know you can almost just leave it there and and once they start thinking and even in manufacturers start thinking amazing things start happening because it goes beyond just you know the the environmental sustainability aspects you start getting an interesting designs coming out i mean i've seen i've seen these you know for example like chairs made out of recycled garbage i know that sounds odd but it's like it's <laughs> Some of them are really cool. Like I saw this wood stack one that was like a pedestal kind of chair. You know, and if it wasn't for the environmental sustainability factor, they would have never thought to get creative on the design. And so form and function merge. Absolutely. And, and that happens. So, Well, Mike, it was a pleasure having you on the show today. Sean, thank you again for the opportunity. You, you bet. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. And I would just want to remind everyone that you can find out more about CertainTeed and their products online at www.certainteed.com. I'm going to spell that. C-E-R-T-A-I-N-T-E-E-D.com. And I was thinking of one thing at the end of our other show that we were talking about. Mike, you you'd said you guys are sponsoring NASCAR, and people come up and go, what's a certainty? And I was thinking, I should have said death and taxes should be your response to that one. <laughs> Actually, we sponsor NASCAR, and we now have certainty building products on the car. So we, <laughs> oh, there, there we you clarified go. ourselves a little bit. <laughs> cool. Well, well, thanks again, and we'll look forward to talking to you again in the future. Sean, thank you very much. Thanks as always to everyone listening in today. Remember, for more free on-demand podcasts, articles, videos, and other information related to living a greener lifestyle, visit our website at www.greenlivingideas.com. We'd also love to hear your comments, feedback, and questions. Send us an email at editors at greenlivingideas.com. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.